0: Okay, well, you are here on purpose, so let's go. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Now the oldie but the goodie. The word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that Tell your neighbor, it's just that simple. It really is. You can be seated. It is not rocket science. God made it simple so we could all get it. Got a couple of pictures here from my wife. She didn't ask me to show them, but I'm going to show them anyway. Uh, I think the first one, this is the uh, Arizona, uh, the uh, monument, the tomb, and actually the ship there, the... in in Pearl Harbor Uh, she's just going into Pearl Harbor and then the next one of my beautiful wife is sitting at the Royal Hawaiian on the ocean with 85 degree temperature (laughs) I've been to the Royal Hawaiian in my uh, tour of duty for two years on Oahu and I said did anybody remember me and she said nobody remembered me over there so far I can't believe that it's only been 60 years ago but uh, short memories I guess but anyway, she'll be home Friday, Friday morning so you can be praying, praying for her safe flight. You know, I meant to pray too for the families of uh, the Americans in, the I think it's Sonoma, Mexico. Uh, I don't mean this is a bad confession, but I would pray really hard if I were going to Mexico as to whether or not I'm supposed to go, and if the Holy Spirit told me to go, I would go. But we have a government down there that's not taking care of the people And uh, uh, the president doesn't want to declare war on the cartel. I don't even want to say what I was going to say. The cartel is evil and demonic and needs to be eliminated, period, whatever word you want to use. Father, we pray for that family. And uh, I can't even imagine what they're going through now with all of those deaths. And the children, the children. But, Lord, you you know more about it than we do. Our president has uh, volunteered our nation to help wipe out the cartels. Lord, I think it would be an awesome idea. But, uh, Lord, you know more about it than any of us, so your will be done. But I do know this. You want the evil gone. You want the demonic forces gone. And you do want to protect all people, but especially the children. And we just pray for the rest of those families that are still down there still living in that area, Lord, supernatural protection and discernment for them. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, the message tonight is the power of God's joy is yours, and you need to let it go and let it flow. So let's all say it. Let it go and let it flow. We're gonna talk about joy tonight. How many of you believe that you could perhaps be more joyful, more happy, and more merry than you are uh, on a regular basis? Because sometimes we we are when we think we have something to be joyful about, but if you understand the power of joy and how it works in the realm of the spirit, you would never wanna be without it. You You wouldn't be looking at the circumstance and say, well, under the circumstance, how can I be joyful? Joy is a spirit, and it is a spirit that produces power in individuals' lives. And if you understand this, that to be happy and to be merry and to be joyful all the time connected to the spirit of the living God is something that is a strength and a power source for you. But a lot of people don't realize this. They're happy when things are going right, uh, but they're sad when things aren't going right. We can't afford to allow the circumstances of life to steal our joy and our happiness. If we do, then we, is that Brad Marshall? Back there? Is that Brad, is he, is he home? I thought you're coming home tomorrow. Brad, it's good to see you, give Brad a hand. You've been out in California by the beach, out. No, actually, Bakersfield. Right? You were far away from the beach. Yeah, it's good to see you, Brett. Uh, but but we, th- that joy is is a is a source of strength for every part of our body, and uh, and and this is an easy message. And I've shared on joy from time to time over the years that we've been here. It's an easy message for me to preach because. I have always, and this sounds like I'm elevating myself, I don't mean to be, but I've always been a happy, joyful person until I went through a lot of what you've read in the book, and then I I, I lost my joy, I lost, I never had a relationship with the Lord, but I, I didn't have the spiritual joy, but then I realized how many mistakes I've made, and I started to become very sorrowful. And, and very guilty of, for life. And, and I really and truly, even after I knew the Lord, it took a while to find my joy that He had in me so that I could be a joyful person and not hooked into the past are not hooked into even some of the things that you experience in the present because of your past. How many of you know what I'm talking about? In other words, yeah, you say it's your past, but it's right here in front of me right now. It was caused by my past, but now it's still right here. And what you've got to do is what I had to do. Are you ready for this? This will set you free. Get over it. (laughs) Turn to your neighbor and tell get get over it. Get over it and get on with your life and let it flow. The only difference between having a great, productive lake over in Israel that is called the Dead Sea is because there's no outlet for the Dead Sea. There is life that comes down through the River Jordan. Comes into the uh, from the Sea of Galilee into the uh, River Jordan and flows into the Dead Sea and it's, it, it still today is huge commercial traffic. Sea of Galilee, some of you've been over there and on a boat over there, and so you know what it's like. There's tremendous, tremendous life in that. But when it gets to the Dead Sea, there's no outlet and it dies. And the only reason is because there's no outlet for it to continue to flow. God has flowed His joy into each and every one of us that know Him. And what we need to do is to let it flow out of us to other people. It is medicinal. It is a strength. And we're going to talk about that today. The more you learn about joy, the more you allow happiness and laughter and all of those things to flow in your life, the more you will live in the will of God, and the more you'll take care of yourself and your mind and every part of your body. And we're going to talk about that here in just a few moments. I was searching for something joyful to start the service with, and I found this on the internet. I think it was kind of cute. What it is, it's the guy who set up a, a it was a, a cage where gorillas was and uh, he he decided to uh, uh, do a little spoof on some people that came by here and so you can kind of get your reaction it made me laugh so here it comes Turn to your neighbor and say, it's good to laugh. laugh. I'm going to share some things with you from a medicinal standpoint in just a few moments, but I want to lay the groundwork with some scriptures. Uh, When you laugh, you release endorphins in your body. Your body was fearfully and wonderfully made by God. So everybody say, my body body. was fearfully and wonderfully made made by God. So therefore, the things that He gave us to use, they are helpful for us. And when you are joyful and happy and cheerful and laughing, you are reducing endorphins in your body coming out of your mind that go to your nerve endings like an opiate, and it actually gives you a medicinal flow in your body that makes you feel better about yourself, better about God, and that's the way God made us to be. So it isn't a question of, well, what's going on around us or what the circumstances are, is how did God make me to be in the midst of all the circumstances? And if you understand this, it'll change your life. We're going to talk a minute about, in a few minutes, about Dodie Osteen. Uh, Thirty-eight years ago, she was diagnosed with cancer. And she and the doctor called it a death sentence that she had. Uh, She decided that she was not going to do anything other than what the Holy Spirit showed her to do. Her husband came into agreement with, with her, and we're going to talk about it in just a few moments. She is 38 years with a death diagnosis over her life, and she is still ministering at the church in the pulpit from time to time. Joel, yeah, give the Lord a hand. <clears throat> so what we need to do is we need to plug into the supernatural. Now, this does not mean we don't use medicine. We do use medicine. You'd be led by the Holy Spirit in everything that we do, but don't stop what many people don't realize they have the power over. You have total power and total authority to be happy and to release joy and to laugh and to be cheerful all the time. And don't fall into the trap of the devil and the world. Well, you don't understand what's going on. No, it doesn't matter what's going on. What matters is when the joy flows, the power of God flows. So let's all say it. When the joy flows, the power of God flows. And I'll start here by just sharing, before we get into the scriptures, a, a, a friend of mine, Bill Lay, and you probably heard this story before over the years, but when Bill Lay was scheduled to do his first funeral out in Tulsa, he's in heaven now, but uh, he called me up and he said, Bill, you've you've done a lot of uh, funeral, I hadn't done a lot, but I had done some, and he said, you've done a lot of, of funeral services, I, this is my first one, will you go with me? And I said, yeah, sure, I will, and so we went down, and we've always kind of made each other laugh and didn't do stupid things whatever but but anyway we so we were good friends and we we're down there at the funeral home and he was uptight and i was trying to get him to relax and 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 uh, wasn't doing a real good job of it but anyway it came time to the funeral service and it was a tragic situation a girl uh i think she was 19 or 20 i'm not positive but her boyfriend had shown her how to jump start not jump start but how to uh hot her car because the starter didn't work it was a manual shift and somehow she had gotten around and positioned in the car not realizing the car was in gear and when she hit the ignition with the wires to cross them the car took off and took her through the end of the garage and killed her instantly and so it was a real tragic situation and Bill was really concerned about it and and, and so we got ready to start the service and Bill said why don't you just go up and you open the service, and then I'll, I'll do the service. And we had a girl that was singing in the balcony, and the place was packed out, and the mother was probably right about where Chris was sitting uh, from where we were sitting up there. And so I went up and opened the service. I came back over, and, and Bill then went up to do his thing. And then as he welcomed the people and did some things and did the obituary, uh, the girl was going to be singing from the balcony and Bill turned around to come back to sit down next to me while she sang, and as he did, he hit the wire and the cord for the microphone going up there, and he fell down on his knees right in front of me. So the picture is Bill lay on his knees in front of me, looking up at me. I am looking at him, and I absolutely, in the midst of this horribly tragic situation, lost it and started laughing. And I couldn't stop, I would hold my mouth, I would do all sorts of things, and I'd look out, and I could see the mom looking at me. And I thought, oh, this is terrible, God, this is terrible. And she, I, could, I didn't stare, as soon as I started looking my way, I looked away. I, I, was, I was truly mortified, it takes a lot to do that to me, but I was mortified. <laughs> and uh, so we went on with the service, and then get to the gravesite. And at the end of the gravesite service, uh, Bill and I are going over by a tree uh, at had persimmons. And we were eating persimmons at the graveyard site. I know that sounds silly, but we were. The mom is, is coming over toward us. She sees us away from everybody else, and she's coming toward us. And all I can think about is, oh, uh, this is it. She's going to let me know what she thinks about me, and I really have it coming. So I'm just going to have to receive it. She came over and she said, I saw what happened and I saw how you couldn't hold back on the laughter. And she said, it was just what I needed at that moment. It set me at total ease. I'll never forget her saying that. It set me at total ease. There is something that we don't totally understand about the value of laughter and humor and joy. But what we do need to know is that it all comes from God and that God is the author of joy. So let's all say it, God is the author, is the author. Of, joy. of joy. Now in 1 Corinthians, I'm gonna go real quickly over some of these examples, but 1 Corinthians six nineteen and 20 says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Well, what is the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Well, there are nine fruits, but we're talking about the fruit of joy. Joy is cheerful, delight, gladness, happiness, and a triumphant attitude. It is something we have, period, no matter what is going on in the world. Now, in Nehemiah chapter 8, and it's verses 9 through 12, and I'm going to paraphrase it, they're going to have it up here on the screen for you, but in Nehemiah, Nehemiah had gone back to to rebuild, he was, they made him the governor, he was going to rebuild the temple, and, and, and uh, says, Nehemiah, who was the governor, uh, Ezra the priest and scribe and the Levites, taught the people and said to the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or, nor weep. Now, this is really important. Do not mourn or weep. Everybody say it. Do not mourn, Do not mourn or, weep. or weep. Now, it does not mean that we don't mourn or weep. It means we don't lock up in it. We don't stay in it. You see, a a lot of people, they've gone through something and it's so sorrowful and it was so mourning and it was so grieving that they locked up in the midst of it. You lock up in the midst of that, that is exactly where the devil wants you. You go through a grieving process. You go through a sorrowful process and move on to the other side. For the people wept. And then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those of whom there's nothing prepared. For this day is holy to the Lord. Do not sorrow... For the Lord, your God, is your strength. The joy of the Lord put that back there just for a moment. Would you please yeah? Do not sorrow. for the joy of the Lord is your strength. everybody said, do, do not sorrow. For the joy of the Lord, the of the Lord. is my strength. my strength. Now, where is the joy of the Lord right now? It is through the presence of His Holy Spirit inside us, we have all of the joy we will ever need because the joy of the Lord is in your body. So let's all say, I already have it. Already have it. Sorrow will steal your joy. Feeling bad about things will steal your joy. Jerry uh, Jerry, um, Seville, years ago, uh, wrote a book. It's really a cute book. If you know Jerry, it, it reads the way he sounds. Uh, total joy. Uh, but if Satan can't steal your joy, he can't steal your goods. And I'm telling you, Satan's still stealing a lot of stuff from people yeah. because he's got their joy and he just yanked it wet right away from them. And, and a lot of times people say, yeah, but you don't understand how bad things are. Folks, we don't focus on bad. We don't focus on the devil. We don't focus on what went wrong. We focus upon the word of God, and the word of God says we have his joy, and that his joy is our strength. So therefore, now listen to this. If you get this, it'll change your life. If his joy is your strength, and you have his joy, then what do you have? You have strength for any situation you face because you have the joy of the Lord. You are somebody to be contended with by the devil. You have the victory, and you have the joy of the Lord that you keep stirred up inside you and letting it flow. And when you know that you are in charge of letting that joy flow and that your body is made to self-medicate itself through laughter and joy and happiness and cheerfulness. In other words, you self-meditate. This is where a lot of people miss it. Because of what I went through in my life, I didn't turn, years and years ago, some of you read about it, I didn't turn to drugs, I don't know why, but I'm glad I didn't, I turned to alcohol. Everybody turns to something if they don't turn to the Lord. Are you with me? Yeah. W- one of the reasons we have such a, such a challenge today, with, uh, with I've never done drugs, so it's hard, it, so I cannot relate. Probably because they were never offered to me when I was young and dumb. Uh, young young people are very immature when they make decisions to turn to drugs but they're looking for something to make them feel good see something will make you feel good would be the Holy Spirit but 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 sometimes you know when you turn to something because you go through sorrow or you go through situations and you turn to something to try to make you find something that really is an imitation of what you already have if you know Jesus You have the joy. You don't have to go find it in a bottle or through a drug or a feeling. It is through the Holy Spirit. So let's all say, I have everything that I need. So therefore, we should be the people that people are drawn to when we walk into a room. I'm sure I've used this over the years, too. Some people walk into a room, they brighten the room. Some people leave the room, they brighten the room. In other words, we should be the ones that are the people that people are drawn to and they don't understand why but it's that joy that just fills us. How many of you would like to, now now we have a a lot of mixture of young people in here but how many of you would like to be younger than you are, look younger than you are, all the beauty makeup and all that kind of stuff? Folks, your whole continence changes when you submit to the joy of the Lord and I'm going to show you that spiritually in just a moment by scripture. So, You have a barometer to be able to check. You know how you check the oil in your car? You got a little, you need a dipstick for your oil to check it. And there is one. It's called a mirror. And when you look in the mirror, do you see that joyful person looking back at you. I guarantee you this. You smile at that person in the mirror, that person will every single moment smile back. You let it go, let it flow, you will see the joy of the Lord looking at you in the mirror. You look like an old sourpuss in a mirror. That mirror is going to be an old sourpuss looking back at you. It all depends on the seed that you plant. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you can do it. <laughs> okay, now let's move along here because in Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 7, it's going to says, uh, it's, it says that it's going to give us a spirit of joy, uh, uh, oil of joy for, uh, for sorrow. And it's going to replace that. And that it's going to give us that strength, the joy of the Lord, our strength. Strength is a fortified place, a defense, a force. It means to prevail. So the joy of the Lord is our fortified source. It's our defense. It's our force. It is what gives us the ability to prevail in this fallen world. Now, when you're around people and you look, how many of you realize you can tell whether or not the joy of the Lord is flowing in a person's life by looking at their face? And looking at their eyes. The eyes are the windows of the soul and what happens is many times we get into an argumentative conflicting position of of trying to say yes but, yes but, I am going through this or I'm going through that. We have compassion on people but we want them to yield to a spirit of joy in their life so that they don't lock up feeling bad about everything. Once you feel bad about something, it's easy to feel bad about another thing and another thing, and then you become a very negative person. Our focus should be upon the positive, never the negative. Can you say amen to that? Okay, so now, moving along here, we're going to look at what Jesus had to say regarding joy. John chapter 15, verse 11. use this scripture a lot in this church. John is talking about love. It's a great chapter on love. But in this particular verse, he's talking about why he told us about all of those things and about the love and about where he was going, about what he was providing for us. In John 15, 11, it says, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy would be full. So let's all say it. God wants my joy, wants my joy. To, be to be full. Now, I want you to look at your neighbor right now. Just Study that face. And now I want you all to get your best joy face, okay, your best face, and I want you to look at him. And if you don't think God has a sense of humor, <laughs> just look at the way he's made everybody different. Now, This message is so simple, many people can't believe it. They really can't. I don't feel good about myself. I'm going to laugh. What are you going to laugh at? I don't know. Maybe you. (laughs) Something? Three stooges? I love the three stooges. My wife can't get in the three stooges. There's still hope for it. (laughs) See, some people don't like to laugh. The more you laugh, the more endorphins you flow. Mm -hmm. You know, you you take, uh, a lot of people take pharmaceutical products. There's nothing wrong with taking pharmaceutical products as long as it bears witness with your spirit. But the best thing that you can take is laughter and a merry heart because it's gonna make you healthy. John 16, 23 through 24. In this day, after he's gone, you will ask nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask my father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Now you can ask, and you will receive, so that your joy may be full. God wants you to have fullness of joy, and in the presence of the Lord, Psalm 1611, what is there? Fullness. Fullness of joy. Let's just so say it, in, the of the Lord, in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. Fullness of not your checkbook, not the kids that aren't going right, not your in-laws or your outlaws. In the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. Isn't it interesting how in the a, in, in a midst of some situations, people immediately crumble into fear and doubt and unbelief, and some people are so lighthearted, well, let's figure out the answer. What's the answer? This is the answer. Let's submit to the answer. The joy of the Lord is my strength in the midst of it. You can take joy anywhere that you go. You can take joy anywhere that you go. The devil will try to convince you there's nothing joyful here. You have a right to be like you do. But Jesus was going the opposite direction and said, I want your joy full. I'm reading a book, or actually I finished reading it. It's an interesting book uh, on a detailed study of what the days of Noah were like. You know, a lot of people are, in in my opinion, are not prepared for what's coming. We have the victory. Everybody say, I have the victory. victory. (laughs) I'm going from glory to glory. I have the victory. My God will supply all of my needs, and I am ready for whatever is coming because the Holy Spirit is going to show me what to do, so I'm okay. But there are a whole lot of people that need what we have. But when the days of Noah come, and some people say, oh, no, it's not going to come like this. no, Jesus told us what's coming. You'd be a fool not to know what's coming, but you're going to be prepared for what's coming. The storm clouds are coming. The days of Noah, Jesus said, are coming. That's when I'm coming back. The days of Noah, I'm coming back. So the days of Noah are coming. So we're not going to hunker down and say, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? We, we got the bright light and the victory. We are out on the beach uh, telling people this is exactly what, ne- what Jesus said is going to happen, and you're going to be okay. Don't lose your joy. Everybody said, don't lose your joy. There are people that I know, you know, I got my choice for the election coming up when, you know, we vote for the president. But I'll tell you what, whoever becomes president, not going to affect my joy. Whoever, you know, uh, we had a choice for the governor, everybody was concerned about the governor of Kentucky. Uh, the governor that didn't win, that somebody was really promoting or something like that, doesn't affect my joy. I have a desire, but it's not going to steal my joy. My joy is God's joy, and it's in me, and I'm going to let it flow everywhere I go, no matter what is happening in the world, because it is a strength to me, and it is a strength to others that I can allow it to flow to. Does that make sense? I hope it doesn't sound like I'm talking about myself, but I am. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, is your joy flowing? your <laughs> flowing? And if it isn't, knock it off because you're in charge of it. You've got the the, the ability to let those endorphins flow and impress other people. John chapter 17, verse 13. This must have been big on Jesus' mind. But now I come to you, and these things I speak to you in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I think Jesus wanted us to have that joy manifest in our life. There's a book out that I recommend for all of you. It's called Anatomy of an Illness by Norman Cousins. Old book, Anatomy of an Illness. And he was diagnosed with a death sentence uh, by a doctor years and years ago. And uh, he decided that I don't think that's, that's true. I don't think I have to die. Everybody say, I don't have to die. Have to die. <laughs> Tell your neighbors, say, you don't have to die yet. He got a lot more living to do. They wanted to put him in a hospital and and said that you'll never leave the hospital. He said, no, I got a better idea. I think I'm going to go check into a hotel. It's a lot cheaper than a hospital, and I'm going to watch funny movies all day long, and I'm just going to laugh and laugh and laugh because I think laughter is medicinal. And the whole book chronicles almost like a diary what happened in his life and how he was miraculously healed Through laughter. Laughter comes from joy. Joy comes from God, and joy is the strength that God has given us to continually allow to flow from us. I'm amazed at how many people do not understand the tremendous medicinal power of joy. I want to read a couple of things to you. Not only are endorphins thought to block the sensation of pain but they also lower stress levels and support and increase and enhance the immune system. Adorphins belong to a class of biochemicals commonly referred to as neurohormones that act by modifying the way nerve cells respond to various transmitters. Now, what does all that mean? That's just all a bunch of scientific discussion to validate the fact that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that we can self-medicate ourselves by the endorphins and the cheerfulness in our body. Now, listen to this. This is from uh, Joel Osteen. One of the greatest stress relievers God has given us is laughter. Laughter is the joy of the Lord manifest. Laughter is like taking medicine. Proverbs 17.22 put it like this, A merry heart do us good like a medicine, and a cheerful mind works healing. Now, listen to this. One doctor uh, had given an unusual prescription for a lady in our church. <clears throat> she was having trouble sleeping, having nervous symptoms, and having aches and pains all through her body. Every night before you go to bed, you need to watch something funny a funny movie, a funny video, a funny drama, something that will make you laugh. She thought that was ridiculous, but she had faith in the doctor. She started to do that. Today she's totally off all of her medications and she sleeps like a baby. How many people do you know that go to bed watching television, watching news, doing something kind of whatever, instead of focusing on the joy of the Lord? not meditating all the problems and all the situations and all your workload, but letting the joy flow. Listen to this. When my mother was diagnosed with terminal cancer in 1981, this is one of the things that she did. During the day, instead of going to bed, instead of sitting around feeling sorry for herself, thinking about all of her problems, she would go in and watch television cartoons. She would sit there and laugh and laugh and laugh. What was she doing? She was releasing the healing power of God through endorphins and through, in, through the Holy Spirit that he had put inside her. And if she couldn't find something funny to watch in a cartoon, she would just go look at my brother Paul <laughs> and laugh at him. <laughs> now, this is Joel talking about himself. Sometimes when I come home after a busy day, I can't even imagine what it would be like. What's he got, 50,000 in his church? I think probably. He may have more than that now. Uh, is that sometimes I would just feel so pressured. I'd have a headache. I'd feel bad. I'd feel all sorts of things, and I'd be praying for people to be healed. And then I'd go home and play with my children, and then i think, I'm going to watch something funny on TV, too. And the more I laugh and the more I watch something funny or the more I think about something funny, all of the pain begins to leave my body. Right. Folks, it is absolutely medicinal and is so important that we understand this message. Proverbs fifteen thirteen: A merry heart makes a cheerful continence. Your continence will change when the endorphins are flowing in your body. Your face will take on a radiant glow. It won't look like, oh, my goodness, a truck just ran over me. It will look like you have something somebody else might want. Folks, we should have what other people want. We should have it. Now, all of us are going through situations and circumstances. You know, I relate to Miriam's family, Uh, the, the boy that tragically died over there. My goodness, there's a grieving process going on right now. But as soon as they can get through that grieving process, that joy is going to take them on. And they're going to have all the wonderful memories. And they're going to know that he's alive and well in heaven. And all of those things that you can focus yourself on versus what the devil wants you to try to do, and that is to steal your joy. Let's all say this. The devil wants to steal my joy. Proverbs 17:22 we just read a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Now, endorphins, I already shared this with you, but I just want to give it to you one more time. An opiate to the nerve endings, building our immune system, a healing agent, relieving stress. Endorphins released by laughter, joy, smiles, and happiness. Don't let your endorphins become a Dead Sea experience for you. Now, there's a scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, I'm not sure what's, 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 7.10, it's talking about godly sorrow. And uh, it's so important that we understand that there are things that happen in life that, I know a lot of this was chronicled in my book, but even after you're saved, there are things that either happen to us or that we do that are wrong, that cause problems. And I see the hands of all the people, you know what I'm talking about. In other words, you you know, somebody did this, or I did it, you know, even after we were saved, and that and that it says, uh, oh, they don't have it up there, let me turn to it. That's, uh, I. It's not their fault. I think I forgot to give it to you. It's Second Corinthians chapter 7 because this is what the devil would like to do in, in to contort things a little bit. It's Second Corinthians chapter 7. It starts in verse 8. For even if I made you sorry with my letter, this is Paul, I do not regret it, though I did regret it, for I perceived that the same epistle made you sorry, though only for a little while. Now, I rejoice not that you were made sorry, but your sorrow led to repentance, for you were made sorry in a godly manner so that you may not suffer loss. For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world proceeds to death. In other words, Godly sorrow brings people to repentance. The reason I felt like the Lord showed me this is because sometimes when you're into a message of, of joy and happiness and all, oh, we just all wanna be happy and we just all wanna have a good time and we don't ever want anybody to be upset and all. No, there is a godly sorrow. It's because as I said we don't wanna lock up in sorrow. Everybody say, don't lock up in sorrow. <laughs> But it doesn't mean that we don't let people know with the love of God and the joy of God, you're going the wrong direction. What Paul is saying here is I wrote you a letter, and I know it caused you to become sorrowful. It caused you to reflect on some things in your life that weren't right, and you needed to reflect on them. And even though you are sorrowful for a moment... And even though I wish I didn't have to do this, I do it because I love you so that this godly sorrow that you're experiencing right now will produce repentance so that the joy of the Lord can take you on to where you need to go. Does that make sense? We're living in in an entitlement society today where people are so concerned about upsetting somebody else. And you can take this message and you can use it to, well, the joy of the Lord is our strength and I want you to be happy and I want you to be cheerful so I'll never say anything that would bring any godly sorrow into your life and cause you not to go off that cliff. No, 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 this is not the message. The message is I'm going to take the joy of the Lord I'm going to take all the wonderful, cheerful things, and I'm going to show you not in anger, not in frustration, but you're going the wrong direction. And I need to tell you this in love, with joy, with happiness, that you need to change your direction so that all of this can be yours too, and then we can all go the same direction and all have the same life together. Does that make sense what I'm telling you? Because what we're living in today with many people, not saying it's you, but with many people it is. Boy, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want anybody to be upset. They're all going the wrong direction. But gosh, I just don't want anybody to be upset. Folks, godly sorrow produces repentance. Everybody say, godly sorrow. Godly produces sorrow. Produces repentance. produces repentance. And if you have the love of God and the joy of the Lord flowing through you, you can walk in with the countenance of Christ himself flowing through you. Think about that. Where's the Holy Spirit? Here. How does he manifest? Through your continents. Through your continents. It's not that you look like Jesus, the continents that flows, the radiant glow that yeah. flows, and say, hey, I love you. I got a word for you. Oh, glory to God. I want you to go where I'm going. I want you to have the joy of the Lord as your strength. I want you to experience what God has. We have the answer for the world. And as it gets dark, you hear this all the time, but it's so true. As it gets darker and darker and darker out there, our light gets brighter and brighter and brighter. We have to be careful we don't blend in with the world. Oh, woe is me how bad things are. No, things are good in my world. Things are good. Yeah, but what if? What if things are good in my world? I am living the Word of God. See, one of the most important scriptures in the Bible, I believe, is Matthew 4.4. 4. And it says, man should live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, he's not talking about memorizing the Bible and everything you say comes off of the page, although that would be good to do. He's talking about what is the Holy Spirit showing you. That is your word for the moment. That is your direction. That is where you need to go. And I believe this is a word from the Lord. We all need to make sure that the joy of the Lord is flowing from us through us to others everywhere that we go because there are people that will be affected by the joy of the Lord manifest in your life in a grocery store in a drive through window walking down the street somebody that knows you and say there's something different about them. what is that and they get a chance to be able to ask you sometimes why are you so different and say it's because of the Lord I didn't know it was different, but it's because of the Lord. Let's all stand to our feet. God has an assignment for each and every one of us, and God will turn situations and circumstances around by letting that joy flow. That joy is absolutely medicinal and a strength beyond any strength that you can imagine if you'll yield to it. Can you do that? Hallelujah bow your heads with me just for a moment Father I pray for every person here I know we have visitors tonight Lord if there's anyone here that has never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior let tonight be that night maybe you're here and you've accepted Jesus but you know that you've drifted away you know you're like a prodigal son a prodigal child you know know your life is not right with God and if that's you I want to pray for you. I'm going to ask you just to lift your hand and say, you know, pray for me. I, I know my life is not right. If that's you, just lift that hand up there, high. We want to pray for you. Hallelujah. I'm not sure. Are you praising the Lord or lifting your hand? That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I think that's a great idea. Let's all pray this prayer. Jesus. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe, son of God. I, believe I believe that you died for my sins. I've sinned. I've made mistakes.
1: I've but I
0: acknowledge, I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. And Lord and Savior. Ask, you Ask you to come into my heart. Take control of my life. The true desire of my heart is to serve you. To be all. This sounded like some, I don't know who sent it to me. Wanda, say, Wanda, I was going to guess you. It had to be Wanda or Bill O'Brien. When God put a calling on your life, He already factored in your stupidity. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think that is hilarious. God knows everything about you, and I know this, and I, and I know I'm speaking been happy I've been sad when I get sad I get stuck when I'm happy I like me when I'm sad I don't like me when I'm flowing, liking me I can affect the lives of other people when I'm sad and licking my sad wounds I'm ineffective Nothing wrong with knowing that you are the temple, the Holy Spirit. So we're going to leave here today making a confession. There no single one of us, self included, can't be, They can't do a better job than being joyful. What situation do you have to respond to? Them? So let's all say, it. I, believe "I believe my body." is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I have, I have the, joy the, the joy of the Lord living in me. It affects my calmness. It affects my attitude. It affects all my nerve endings. It medicates me. It makes me feel good about me. It makes me feel good about God. It makes me feel good about people. Therefore, I need to let it go and let it flow everywhere that I go. Because without a doubt, it was really important to Jesus that he told me that he gave me his joy so that my joy would be full. He didn't make a mistake. I have fullness of joy. It's a done deal. Do you believe that? Let's give the Lord a hand. Tell those people all around you, the joy of the Lord is in you. Don't leave anybody out. The joy of the Lord is in you.